I would like to find faith to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. Today I'm being joined by one lovely lady, Lady Elizabeth Salome. How are you, my dear? I am wonderful. How about yourself? So goddamn good. You want to know why I'm so goddamn good? Tell me. <laughs> well, there's actually a number of reasons, so brace yourselves for a diatribe. Now, <laughs> first and foremost, I'm so goddamn good because you're joining me for this. Yay! This is amazing. I've wanted to have you on here for so long. And I finally, finally. I finally caved. Finally. <laughs> whoop, whoop. No, I'm, I'm really excited. You were actually the first featured testimonial in my new promo video that I put out. No, oh, I'm excited. Thank you thank very you. much. No, no, thank you very much. <laughs> no, thank it, you very much. It, <laughs> it, it set a really nice tone, and you have a really wonderful voice. And so I thought it just fit in perfectly. And, of course, you at least say you look kindly on the episodes or on the <laughs> podcast. So I, I had to capitalize on that as, <laughs> as soon as I could. That's really what it comes down to. Sorry, I'm misusing you. So, it's all right. It happens. Totally using you. Um, so it is May 3rd, and uh, we do have a wonderful show for you. It is coming hot on the heels of the Church of Satan's Year 50 International Member Conclave that was held in Washington, D.C. If you didn't know it was happening, well then, you're not a member of the Church of Satan. Because <laughs> every member knew that it was happening. Uh, this was a amazing event, and I have so much that I want to talk about about it, and there's so much that I can't. <laughs> Even now. <Yeah>. But, I, <laughs> dude, dude. but I will tell you this, people. I will tell you this. Um... I don't know if you remember at the beginning of the year, I told you that I was going to be having a one-on-one -on -one with Megas Gilmore, and because of this celebration, we have had we've been forced to sort of delay that discussion. Uh, we now have penciled in a date and time, and we're going to be including discussion about this latest event. So, if for those of you who attended or had heard of or watched the video of the six six oh six event, this was on that scale. It was. Fantastic. Really, truly a, a, a wonderful, what ended up being almost a full week of shenanigans, <laughs> of satanic shenanigans. Well, really, it was just like a weekend, but some of us showed up early and stuff. Um, I will have to say, uh, I hope you guys tuned in for the Valpurgis Noct episode last week. Uh, Jesse from My Dream of Jesse put together a really wonderful satanic witch episode, and it's still out there, of course, so definitely check it out. Elizabeth, did you have an opportunity to listen to that at all? I did. I did. What I am uh, kind of in love with all those ladies right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're fantastic, right? Jesse did a great job, though. I'm excited. <clears throat> yeah, well, what's, what's really amazing is that half of that entire discussion never even made the cut. Um, it was edited for time and context, and so there's still a ton of information that may be leaked out in some other way or maybe Ooh, just... <laughs> Locked it down. What's that? I said yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to uh, reach out to Jesse for that though, because I had nothing to do with that episode. That was all her. She did an amazing <laughs> job. So props yeah, to did. her. It was really cool. Okay, so obviously Valpurgis Noct is a celebration for the organization, the Church of Satan, and uh, Satanists who either align themselves with the organization or are active members of the organization. Did you do anything special for Evolve Perkinsnacht? Um, I did. I kind of had my own little private celebration at home. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. That's, That's right. 
I thought it's classified. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. So I know a lot of people like to take that opportunity to perform uh, a ceremony or a ritual, uh, a rite, something to sort of commemorate. A lot of people just like to be able to sit down with friends, have a wonderful meal, and just reflect on what the COS has done and what Satanism means to them. Right. For me, I put together a presentation that ended up being featured uh, at the uh, Year 50 International Member Conclave. And that is going to be the core of what this episode is about, because I know a lot of you listeners uh, are members but couldn't go, or yeah. are, <laughs> yeah, like, like Elizabeth, um, or are Satanists, but not members. And I, I also know that I have a number of people who aren't even Satanists, but they really like hearing the back and forth of the different contributors and stuff like that. So uh, for all of you who were not able to make it, I'm going to give you my little um, segment, we'll say, of that evening. And uh, I don't know, I got some slides and stuff, but I'm not entirely sure I'll, that'll ever make it into the public. I think I'm just going <laughs> to leave it this audio version. <laughs> I put together a whole presentation. It was it was a little bombastic, a little ridiculous, but I guess that's that's kind of this show. It's bombastic <laughs> and ridiculous. Um, I I do have to say this. I met so many amazing people that um, I never. I mean, this sounds shitty. Just individuals that were never on my radar that I'd never heard of before. I never thought of before because obviously I didn't hear them. Um, but once you meet them, you are just absolutely taken aback by who and what they are and what they've done in life. And it is a testament to Satanism and the organization, the Church of Satan, that it draws so many individuals of substance to it. Um, and... I learned a new understanding of uh, that idea, that um, mutual admiration society idea of what the Church of Satan is, uh, because I, I grew in admiration for so many people, and it was this awkwardness for me, um, <laughs> just the way I think awkward. in my head, because I can't, yeah, I can't talk to people. I like, I don't. It's weird because I, you would think because I do what I do here. I would be so open on a one-to-one -one basis, but I'm not at all. Like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't like pressing the flesh, like shaking people's hands and getting up in their face and saying, well, how was your day? I want to hear about you. I don't, and I don't even like talking about me, which is weird because I do this, but when it's one-on-one, -on -one, I really don't like it. So I'm a little bit more drawn back and reserved, but I was approached by so many people who, um, at least claimed to listen to the podcast and they're just shaking sure, my hand saying my thank you for yeah thank you for doing what you do i really appreciate it. and i was just so blown away by the warm responses i thought this may be a little more telling than i plan it to be i thought i'd be getting more people just walking up and kicking me in the balls than, <laughs> like how dare you present satanism in this way then then like no one did that and of course you know why would they that would just be Nobody, a shitty thing to do. Not, not even one person not, kicked you in the balls not one kick in the balls what a shame it was, it was i know if you were there i know i would have gotten one i, I definitely would have kicked <laughs> you in the balls <laughs> no it was wonderful it was so many amazing people and then there was that weird awkward moment where they shake your hand and they say um thank you for what you do and i'm genuinely um, blown away by that and touched. And so, I, you know, I just have this response of thank you so much. That really does mean a lot. And it's honest and it's true. And then what? <laughs> then it's me holding their hand in both of mine, staring at them longingly into the eyes going, um... Now what? <laughs> am I supposed to kiss you? I don't know what to do next. <laughs> like... <laughs> And so a lot of the people were really gracious and they saw the awkwardness <laughs> reflected. And so they're like, okay, well, I'm going to move on. So, you know, and they go, were okay. I'm going to go talk about you behind your back now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, I got someone who just wanted to hang and they just sort of stood there. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck, what am I supposed to do now? Like, I I feel like I should be doing like a two-step or something. Like, do, 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 you know? I don't know, something out of Monty Python or something. Um <laughs> So my awkwardness aside, everyone was so cool. I, it, like it was just truly amazing, and being able to see old friends that you have corresponded with online for 
years uh, is really, really amazing. And there's, <laughs> I'm not going to call anyone out because I'm really not supposed to, but more than that, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I wouldn't want to leave anyone out, but there are a number of you who know who you are, who I had such a good time reconnecting with you. And then just the, uh, the contributors to Nine Cents, being able to um, get together with them and have one-on-one -on -one discussions. I was I was talking to um, ah fuck. I don't. Here's the weird thing. I don't know how much I can actually say. You know what I mean? Like it's still kind of like a I don't know, like a hush hush thing. So I'll, I'll just say this. I was talking to some other contributors, and it there's well, the, Elizabeth, you and I, yeah. for example. Um, we've corresponded online. Uh, mm -hmm. We've communicated quite a bit, um, maybe revealed a little bit too much information about ourselves in some form or another. And there's like potentially, I don't think there would be, but there's potentially an awkwardness once we are standing nose to nose across from each right. other. You know what I mean? That's just the nature of connecting to people online in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I was afraid of that with the other contributors whom really? I interface with. Yeah, because because there is a, you know, and I've talked about this in the past, where you present yourself in a certain way. I try to be as open and honest as I am, as I can. So I don't think that I present myself differently in person than I do on this show. Um, I, I hope I don't anyway. And so I never know if other people are presenting themselves differently. And so right. I, there's always like this little bit of like, you don't quite live up to what you're saying you are, <laughs> you know? <Right. laughs> but when I met the other, um, all of the other contributors, because some of them I'd only known online, most of them I'd met in person, but some of them I only met online. Fantastic. They were 100% true to who and what they were. And it makes me feel so good about what they do, not only in this segment, but what who and what they are as Satanists is really fantastic. Um, yeah, but still, <laughs> as with uh, any gathering, uh, do I want to be the asshole here? <laughs> yes, yes, do it. <laughs> there are going to be people that, uh, I've said this a lot on the show, actually, so it's not like a big surprise. I've met Satanists that I don't necessarily like. <laughs> I don't, no. I don't ever really resonate, you know, we don't have that, there's no shared chord within us right. and there's nothing to really talk about and then when you start to talk to them you're just like this is an absolute waste of both of our time we must move <laughs> on as soon as possible oh look uh, there's a ceiling rafter see ya as you try to sneak away <laughs> i ran into a couple of those and it was awkward and i think they probably feel the same way about me which i'm absolutely okay with but you wouldn't, I don't know, I, I, you go into these big events and you know that there's going to be some weirdness associated with it, either socially or just individually. I didn't meet very many people that I didn't really like, but there was, I know there was one in, in stark memory <laughs> that will live on in infamy in my dreams and haunt me that was just like, awesome. what the fuck? What the fuck is this? Like, really? Come on. So, yeah, if, <laughs> next time you meet Satanists, just be prepared. Not all of us are up uh, on the level. I'm not even saying I am. I'm just saying for those that are on the level, they're not, not every Satanist is going to be there. So be prepared. Don't, don't think that every Satanist you meet is going to be the grand poobah of life because there are some bottom dwellers. <laughs> As I'm shitting on people, I'm going to be the total dickhead now. Um... <laughs> So we started talking about what the show is going to be, um, including with the Devil's Advocate, obviously the subject of defining the greater satanic conversation. Uh, second up, we're going to do a little Between the Horns. Now, this is Warlock M.A. Mandrake's segment. He's the newest contributor. He's fantastic. This is episode three, Empathy from the Devil. I'm looking forward to this. And then, of course, it is the first week of the month, so I dream of Jesse. Now, again, I have to reiterate this. Because this is right on the heels of this event, these contributors didn't have a lot of time to come on the show and to do the back and forth and stuff. So I'm really happy that I got anything from them. But I'm even more excited because these are really good segments. So you really have to 
give them their due for doing everything they can to provide content to you, even though their lives are insanely busy. So make sure you thank them if you have the opportunity, if you follow them in social media. And that'll be kind of the show. We're going to end it with a little I Dream of Jesse. Throughout the show, I have a couple of the other contributors I talked to after the Year 50 international member conclave. And they're going to sort of just talk about, a ref, you know, how they felt about it, what high notes and low notes, if there were any. And, you know, you'll get that sort of interspersed. We'll probably start one here in just a second. Um, I have gotten, and it's sort of the last note before we start here. I've gotten a lot of correspondence from you guys listening uh, via email. And I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely buried. I'm going to try my best. And even through uh, like Facebook, for example, I've, I have a, like a backlog of people I have to reach out to for having reached out to me. I'm not trying to ignore anyone. I'm not trying to, you know, not correspond with you. I'm crazy busy with everything that's been going on. And I have a lot of other things in the works. So I will get to you. Patience is appreciated. Uh, okay, so how about we do a little devil's advocate? How about it? How about it? Yeah. How okay. about it? Let's do it. Yeah. So I'm sitting here with Witch Zaftig, lovely Witch Zaftig. What was this like for you? What was the entire process? Uh, this is actually really uh, wonderful in so many ways. It was the first time I had met the high priest and priestess yeah. in the lobby of the hotel here as they arrived tired and a little annoyed <laughs> and got accosted by various Yeah. Um, so it was kind of uh, really... So I haven't been in a room full of COS very often in my life. Yeah. Uh, every time I do, I always feel like this mild euphoria, you know? Really? I don't want it to happen all the time. Yeah. I kind of like the fact that it's... Uh, you know, parsed out, but when it does, it's pretty special. Uh, I felt the the height of it last night was when um, the Magus was giving us the Dark Lord's prayer. <laughs> <laughs> that was a trip. And we were chanting in unison, and I just was thinking, this is it, man. Like, this is it. <laughs> It was the most ritual-like moment of the entire weekend. Absolutely. Which was yeah. a really nice way to, to culminate the entire yeah. experience. I thought, this is the pinnacle right here. Yeah. Like, as it was happening, I'm like, this is the moment, the, the transcendent moment. So did anything disappoint? Anything just not up to par with what you were expecting? Yeah, I mean, there was no orgies. So... <laughs> <laughs> no sacrifice. <laughs> So, I mean, like, I brought all these <laughs> toys, and it didn't happen, but whatever. I yeah. mean, next time, like, next time I could just, maybe, if I get people involved, you know. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise it was great. Yeah. yeah. I didn't also get to break out my 80s dance moves, although... Oh, um, yeah, there was, like, no music. Although Witch Chanya and I did do a little bit. Like, really? The, just a couple, because we had to. <laughs> <laughs> so I did a little bit of Bobby Brown, and yeah, she was... No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I miss that. I wish I didn't. So, I mean, you presented, you know, yourself mm -hmm. up there. Yeah. It's one thing, I imagine, to present yourself to um, colleagues in academia. Is it different for you presenting to a room full of sadists? Uh, extremely different. I was very nervous. I have given, at this point, probably, you know, a few hundred lectures or conferences yeah. and teaching. And I'm always a little nervous beforehand, uh, but this time I was <laughs> extra nervous, um, and almost uncomfortably so. I got into it, you know, once I start. Once I start, I'm usually okay. Yeah. But uh, I felt, you know, out of all the times to fuck up, this is not it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because yeah. it will be remembered. It, forever. <laughs> and it could affect my entire career, you know. <laughs> if they're like, that girl? Fuck her. I'm not, I'm not talking to her, you know, ever. She's got a reputation. Yeah, there. she's got a reputation. Yeah, it was actually one of the reasons I even left the party uh, earlier the, the night before. Even though I really wanted to see, like, these fantastic bands. I was tired and jet-lagged, and I thought, I'm, I'm just going to not <laughs> have more beer and <laughs> stay here in this crowded room all night. I'm not going to regret I'm going to not do that. I'm going to make the choice, the adult choice, to be rested from my presentation. So... Well, it was fantastic, and it was really lovely meeting you in person. Yes, it was. It was <laughs> a complete thrill. It's it's weird because like there's there's an online back and forth that a lot of people have that I've had with a lot of people. And I'm sure you have too. Yeah. And then when you get in front of them, it's gone. Like right. It, or it's just awkward because you're like, oh wow, no, I'm like 
actually looking at you, right. so it's a little yeah. bit weird. And I've had that with a number of different people sure. here. Yeah, yeah. Never had that with you. It was really always comfortable. It was yeah. always personal, and I really do appreciate oh, that. Oh, good. Yeah, I've also had that, you know. And sometimes you get over it, and sometimes you don't. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the shyness. Yeah. Uh, initially, I've certainly felt that with people. Um, but yeah, well, that's because you know we've told each other to fuck off a few times. Least, so. <laughs> I mean, like friendly. But, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that should be like maybe that should be the step. Though. Every time you feel awkward with someone when you meet them in person. See, it's not baby steps. It's fuck off. Yeah. That is the step. You gotta get over the awkwardness right away. <laughs> like let's just hug it out. Fuck you, bitch. Oh, suddenly you're having a having a shot together. Right. Well, this was absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I delivered this entire presentation off the cuff, but I was one jet lagged and my equilibrium is still kind of fucked up and shot. And I was running on a lot of whiskey consumption from the night before with a den. I ended up like yelling on stage like I was, I just, I couldn't find every beat that I wanted to hit. And I couldn't remember every line that I was supposed to hit. And I was like constantly having to brace myself because I felt like I was going to fall up. My equilibrium was all <laughs> fucked up. Like the whole thing was so weird. And I mean, everyone seemed to warm to what I was doing. And they were laughing and stuff like that. I can't tell if they were laughing at me though. But, <laughs> and, but afterward, it was like this wave of depression that like just washed over me. And I was like, I need to see what just happened. Like, I have to know how I looked on stage because I <laughs> I genuinely think I was a total mess. Like, I was a complete Poor and utter sense. fucking failure. So I didn't I didn't cover everything I wanted to cover, and so I wanted to make sure that I included it in this show um, in order to do so. All right, so, Elizabeth. Adam. <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping you were going to say something. <laughs> Elizabeth, you've heard me reference the Greater Satanic Conversation or, or maybe seen an ad about it. Of course. So this stems from my uh, discussion I had on the show about defining your own conversations about because we present ourselves in one way and other people see us in another. It's sort of incumbent upon us in order to clean our our social palette, as it were, make sure that we're presenting ourselves in a way that we want to be seen to the people that we want to see it. And it's a lot about mess lesser magic. It's a lot about um, monitoring and controlling your visibility uh, online and offline and the different parts of you that are released to those different people, both on and offline. And then we started seeing these some... Um, detractors and pseudo I hate to say groups because it's just a handful of people who are trying to either re redefine or misrepresent what Satanism is and I'm thinking well if we can define our own personal conversations then why can't we define and control the satanic conversation and if there is a satanic conversation being had in the media whether it's social or um, um, TV or radio or whatever, then we need to have a greater satanic conversation. So I know that's it's simplistic in its projection, in its creation. Well, if they're having a satanic conversation, we're going to have a greater satanic conversation. You know? <laughs> I know how that sounds. Um, but I kind of meant it that way because the reality is, is people will assign a hierarchy of information. And when you put something like lesser or you put something like greater in front of that whatever conversation it is, people automatically buy into it. It's just a simple advertising <laughs> thing. It's stupid, but it works. So that's why I, I, I think I coined uh, the greater satanic conversation. <laughs> but I needed to define it because saying what it is... Um, as a title alone isn't enough if people don't fully understand what Satanism is or what the Satanic conversation in and of itself is. So I did define it because I'm a, a <laughs> jackassy person who likes doing stuff like this. And I'm trying to fill in the blank while I'm looking for my notes because <laughs> I don't remember anything. I don't retain information. Okay, so uh, the way I define it is it's the definitive expression of Satanism in society. 
That also, that statement, the definitive expression of Satanism in society, it's a little reductionary as well, but I am going to break out um, what I mean by it. So what I mean by definitive, naturally, is that it is Satanism as defined by Anton LaVey, the only actual defined version of Satanism, the only authoritative version of Satanism. Uh, everyone else steals and picks and chooses. Anton LaVey created it and all of the Church of Satan and all Satanists understand that that collectively is what Satanism is. And then there's the expression, the definitive expression of Satanism in society. So by expression, I don't mean pulling faces. <laughs> I mean, how has Satanism informed your life? How, how do you demonstrate Satanism through real life experiences? So you have a profession, right, Elizabeth? I don't know how much you want to talk about it, so just feel free to <laughs> shut me down. Okay. No, we can we can talk about. It. I might not say exactly what I do, right. but so but it's you're in the creative side of things, right? <laughs> I am. I am. I own my own business. Yes. So does does Satanism inform how you interact with that business? Oh, or how absolutely. You create? Absolutely. Are there, is there any, I know I didn't prepare you for any of this, so no. I'm sort of dropping No, you it. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> how I like it. I like it real and raw. <laughs> Maybe a little lube. Um, so <laughs> can you, it, are there any beats that you can hit on how, how Satanism has informed uh, either your profession or your uh, life, your, your interactions in life? Um, yeah. Uh, I think that the most obvious application of Satanism in my um, livelihood or my career as a small business owner, owner is um, in selling what I do and the product that I create to clients. Um, I create a whole romantic ideal about what I do and what I give them. And it's just one big game of lesser magic to me. And it's something that I love. <laughs> I love that victory. Um, but yeah. Do you think that if you, if you had never been exposed to Satanism, and I don't want to reduce it and say that you would never be able to do what you do, because that's, I think, inherent within you. And like we've always said on the show, Satanism informs your experiences. It doesn't define them. So... Do you think you would be where you are today in the same position if it wasn't for some sort of um, um, enrichment of Satanism in it? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think that I would be doing what I'm doing anyway because it's just part of my nature. But now yeah. I kind of have names to call it and um, I can kind of refine the um, – the inherent parts of of what I do. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, and and I want to I want to sort of double on that, double down on that because <laughs> double I, down, double down. <laughs> I get asked this a lot, and it's what has Satanism done for you? And it's I, I don't know why I get asked this because it doesn't make sense to me. Certainly not the way that I've ever understood Satanism. But it doesn't do anything for you. It, it's not supposed to do. It. It's supposed to inform you. It's supposed to provide you tools. You're supposed to use it in life. But it's like if there were thousands and thousands of years of human existence without Satanism in it. And there are amazing examples of de facto Satanists throughout all of that time who had never had Satanism that were successful and powerful and authoritative. So Satanism isn't supposed to give you things you're not supposed to right. it's supposed to add a sense of of maybe <laughs> direction maybe uh, a, a sense of uh, enrichment a, a set the opportunity to step back and recognize examine and alter not only yourself but the world around you and through that, you can use it professionally. And, and Lesser Magic, I think, is one of those. I would never have thought of Lesser Magic in the way it's presented in uh, the Stanic Bible and the Stanic Witch 
ever. I would never have thought of it in that way, even though it is a natural way of behaving for those who examine human behavior. Um, But because Anton LaVey uh, formatted it the way he did, I was able to connect with it and use it. And it sounds like you were able to do the same thing, certainly right. through through your your uh, your business. <laughs> I think that's important because, and that's really what this entire discussion of the Greater Satanic Conversation is based around. We must, because we don't proselytize, it's not something that any Satanist is interested in, and it's certainly not something that the COS is interested in. We naturally by existing attract the cream of the crop but we also attract some real shit heels <laughs> and you can tell the difference because the shit heels talk the cream of the crop do do <laughs> yes yeah and, and so you can always tell the difference by that one thing alone mm-hmm. um so why why should we have uh, or maybe even reduce it a little bit more why is the greater satanic conversation important to have I mean, we've defined it as the definitive expression of Satanism in society. We've explained what definitive means. We've explained what we mean by expression. But why even have the conversation? Why not just live your life as a Satanist? Well, a lot of people do this. And there's a number of reasons why you wouldn't want to out yourself. And there's nothing wrong with anyone who does not want to out themselves. But I'm specifically speaking to those who are okay with it. It's important to have... Because there are a lot of detractors and there are a lot of pseudo-Satanists who are both misrepresenting and trying to redefine Satanism in the public sphere. And because the public are by and large sheep, they literally believe the last thing they hear about something, whether it's true or not. And you see this a ton in international media. You see this a ton in social networking. No one fact checks. No one just think critically examines statements they just take them at face value especially if it's a friend a loved one or a colleague they never are going to check it and i don't know what it is within us that does that but it's caused well i'll say it's provided an opportunity for these detractors and pseudos to exist and what drives me insane is that you have people who don't even understand the fundamental principles of Satanism being associated as Satanists. And whether we like it, accept it, agree with it or not, that is how others see you if you are an open Satanist or if they find out that you are a Satanist. That means you are those idiots making out on someone's grave. You are those morons wearing a superhero hat talking about... I want to be represented in schools just like every other religion. (laughs) Whether you like it or not. Like, that's insane to me. So, for those of us who are comfortable with it, it is our individual responsibilities to have this conversation, to clarify. And no one can, no one can say, or even, I'll, I'll go on this limb, no one can do better than our high priest. Megas Gilmore does an amazing job interfacing with the media and delivering a consistent, throughout its existence, message of what Satanism is and always has been. However, individually throughout our lives, we cannot expect our high priest to come down to our neighbor and explain things to him. So it is incumbent upon us. And I wouldn't want my high priest talking to some of the jackasses that are in the media because that puts them on the same level. And let's be quite honest here. There's no fucking way that any one of these detractors is anywhere on the level of Magus Gilmore or any of the other administration that we have with the um, COS. So... We don't want him to interface with all of them because they are shit disturbers. We want those of us who are on the ground level with these individuals as we run across them. Have you ever run across that before? I know you're not open, open, but right. Elizabeth, but um, have you ever found yourself correcting misinformation out there? Uh, yeah, actually. And... Um... <laughs> 
the worst part is it wasn't even with like a Christian, like devoted to misunderstanding Satanism. It is a, an atheist <laughs> devoted Ugh. to misunderstanding Satanism. So it's yeah. doubly frustrating for me. Um, but yeah, I have battled that battle before. But you're right. I don't publicly, you know. Yeah. I don't put myself out there publicly, but if I am put into that situation, I'm certainly going to attend to it, if you will. <laughs> no, and I, I absolutely love that. Here's here's why it's important, and here's why I make such a big deal about contributing to the greater satanic conversation. You're able to do it without being open and out. Right. Every single person is available able to do it. So... You don't ever have to identify as a Satanist to correct misinformation. In the right. same way that you don't have to be an expert at the Revolutionary War <laughs> in order to correct a lie you hear about right. the Revolutionary War. Anyone can correct any information about anything as long as they have a fact, uh, uh, a source of truth behind what they're saying. As Satanists, we have a little more responsibility because hopefully we don't want to be seen as baby killers and animal killers and, you know, 12-year-old metalheads in our basement. Hopefully. <laughs> Nothing wrong with metalheads. I'm just saying not all metalheads are Satanists and I'm definitely not a basement dweller. So, a mouth-breathing basement dweller. <laughs> Knuckle dragger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it, it is really important. I have I have some friends who are not even in any light Satanist kind. Like, they don't see themselves as Satanists or or even reflect tenets of Satanism in any way. But because they know me, they know I'm a Satanist, they've asked me about it, and I've been open and honest with them, they see how I am in my professional career, they see the authority that I demand in life, and so the way they see Satanism is dramatically different than any other asshat online. So when they're actually on a cruise, this is a story they told me, they were on a cruise and religion came up. Someone brought something up about devil worship and they took it upon themselves to make some broad sweeping clarifications that Aww. set a, a definitive line between devil worshippers and Satanists. And it's all stemmed send them because. A fruit basket. <laughs> What's that? I said we should send them a fruit basket and say thank yeah, you. Seriously. I showed them my penis. It's all right. <laughs> they actually oh, don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> no, these are longtime friends. So, but so they made that clarification. So because I was open about who and what I am, they understood truth. They saw the authority of Satanism through me, and then they pushed that idea and message on. On their own, no one told them to do it. They weren't proselytizing. They were simply correcting a lie. That is what I mean by participating in the greater satanic conversation. It is wide-reaching. It is not a national scale thing. It's a ground floor thing. But the reality is, is the conversation is being had. It, it's being had in the media and in social media. And if you are not correcting it, if you are not contributing to it, it's sad to say, but you are allowing the lies to perpetuate. So, again, you don't have to be open about who and what you are. Not everyone has to do this. It's not a mandate. But if you're comfortable with it, the greater satanic conversation can benefit you if you want to be a part of that. I, I like to relate this to Islamophobia. I genuinely do not believe that every Muslim is a terrorist. But if you believed anything you hear in the media, then they are. <laughs> every single one of them, child and parent alike, they're all terrorists in waiting, according to the media. It's not true, but that's the Islamic conversation being had. They haven't done a very good job at all of correcting it. But I don't want shit like that to happen about Satanism. It's happened in the past. It's not happening again. Not on my motherfucking watch. So we have <laughs> not things on my like... Watch. <laughs> not on my watch, motherfucker! So we have stuff like uh, Nine Cents that <clears throat> has regular nice authoritative voices. Not mine, but other people who contribute to the show <laughs> who have good reputations <laughs> that don't talk about their junk all the time. <laughs> that have things to say um, that are genuinely contributing to this greater satanic conversation. 
So I want to talk about a couple of them really quick. You all know if you've listened to the show before, but on the off chance for those who attended the conference who may have this have been, may have been the first time you've even heard of Nine Senses, so you decided to maybe tune in. Um, we have a number of wonderful people like Aaron Casaval with Down at the Crossroads. This Yay. woman is amazing, relating <laughs> the blues to Satanism and human experience. Uh, you have people, Agent Provocateur, Darren Deicide, who <laughs> takes the media that is outside of the American bubble, delivers it in a honest, <laughs> uh, colorful way, I'll say. <laughs> But it is it is real. It is honest, and it it's fantastic. You have uh, wonderful minds like Jesse from My Dream of Jesse, who I don't know anyone who delivers content like she does. Mm-hmm. Who 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 sees the world and behaviors and um, social situations or ideas quite the way she does. It is. Mm-hmm truly third side perspective type stuff. You have Milton and Rosism with the Den Den, human sexuality, sex in general, homosexuality, um, incest, these sort of <laughs> taboo ideas that are very human, if, if not socially unaccepted. And uh, he is open and honest about addressing them head on, doesn't tiptoe around it. And it's refreshing to have that. You have wonderful people like Reverend Robert Merciless of the Satanic Tradition, who Look at the historical sides of Satanism and delivers it in a wonderfully honest and quite entertaining way. And you get like a true history lesson of, of the Satanic tradition. Uh, you have wonderful <laughs> people like Witch Zaftig of Unorthodoxy with Witch Zaftigs. Um, I don't know why I said plural on that end of that. <laughs> She's just one lady, uh, a wonderful lady. She, uh, she's an academic. She studies all religions, not just Satanism. And so she has a wonderful perspective on how religions collectively interact and how in, they are informed with each other. And that includes Satanism. And then you have our newest contributor, Warlock M.A. Mandrake, who has this wonderful perspective on Satanism and humor. And he delivers it beautifully in between the horns. So... Uh, the greater satanic conversation truly comes down to it's being had if you don't want to be seen as these detractors and pseudos are presenting us as then it is incumbent upon you to correct misinformation live as a professional adult not a online shit-talking tool And just present yourself in a way that screams authoritative, that screams professional, that screams adult. You don't need to address every ridiculous statement. But when you do, you do it in a professional way. And you don't have these stupid, ridiculous online arguments that no one can ever win. And all it does is reveal how truly shallow you are as an individual when you fall into that trap. It's not about you. It's about Satanism. You are just one tiny part of it. Recognize that, and collectively, we can truly contribute to the greater Satanic conversation, people. I have, like, this little... I feel all empowered now. (laughs) Good, you should. (laughs) (laughs) What was crazy at the conclave? I was, like, screaming. Like... (laughs) I like prefaced it. I was like, uh, so everyone in the front row, I'm sorry, I may end up spitting on you. Apologize if it happens. I tend to have an excess of saliva. I'm sorry if I water down your drinks. Um, and I was like, I, I tend to rant. I'm going to try my best not to. And then I found myself like building to a rant. <laughs> yeah. And so I had to like get down really close to the mic. I was like, I know this sounds like I'm yelling at all of you individually, but I'm not. I'm not yelling at you. This is just how I am. <laughs> It's really just funny. a passionate motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I can't help it. It's you know, it, you know, it, it's all meant to be in fun, and it's all meant to be informative and entertaining. And I think it went through uh, really well. Or I don't know. I mean, I don't think it went well, but everyone tells me that it was accepted and and, and it it went well. So I'm going to take their word for it. But yeah. I did want to reinforce that idea here for those who couldn't attend. And then also for those who did attend that maybe I missed a beat and I didn't hit everything that I wanted to hit. I want to make sure I'm absolutely clear about this because 
the way I look at life is, uh, and I, I said this at the, the conference too, um, there are three things that I love in life. Myself, my family, and my religion. And I know how that sounds when you say that you love your religion, but I don't mean it like a Christian. I don't, I don't wrap myself in my religion. I don't wear my religion on my shoulder. I don't hide behind my religion using it as a shield to protect me from the greater world at large. <laughs> I use my religion to reinforce my own authority in my own professional life, in my own personal interactions. I use Satanism because it is a tool of what Adam is. It is a it is a part of who I am. And I'm I'm hoping everyone understands the difference between that. And it's <laughs> it is really important because I, I do get passionate about it and I do scream and yell and rant and rave about it and I do make absolute statements. But really it's all just a reflection of my passion for Satanism and my uh the position I take of, of demanding people see it the way it really is and not the way right. they want it to be or the way that they think it is. It's important because it's not about us. It has nothing to do with us individually. It has something to do with that collective, I, like that, that, that greater understanding of Satanism that has existed for 50 years, that has been defined and codified for 50 years. And it doesn't never has and never will alter. I sit here with the Den Den host celebration. What was it like for you, man? Was it everything you expected it to be? Oh my God, and more. Yeah? It was, um, it was uh, a great little reminder and uh, it's inspiring. I think it's the only word I can really use. Yeah. There's a bunch of, I didn't expect members to run that kind of spectrum and it was really, um, it just made you want to do shit and be proud of yourself. So is this the Fantastic. first large-scale event that you've attended? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a big event. I was really surprised, just as you were saying, not only the diversity of the individuals, but of their style and their j- j- mannerisms, like everything about the event. Oh, we were all over the fucking place. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, were there any th- highlights that stuck out for you that, that you're going to take away from this more than others? Beyond Peter's speech? <laughs> Beyond the obvious <laughs> things like that? Um, it, it was just, it was nice to put uh, flesh, uh, flesh to people that I've been talking to for years. That, yeah. That was really, uh, really it. I, no, that's, that's pretty much it. The whole experience. There's nothing in particular be, uh, that I can take away. It's the whole thing. Did anything fall flat for you? No. <laughs> From yeah. beginning to end, this has been smooth and amazing, and I don't remember half of it. That's <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably a good thing when I hear about the ass Cardone incident. It's not the only <laughs> ass incident that happened, apparently. <laughs> Nice. I woke up with naked pictures on my phone. I'm... Oh, shit. Well, they're of me, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all selfie. Drunken selfie taking. Right? <laughs> well, thanks, man. I really appreciate your time, and uh, it, it's been an absolute pleasure reconnecting with you here during this event, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next time we can do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Satanism demands study, not worship, and I'm looking for a few outstanding study partners. So put on your thinking horns with me, Warlock M.A. Mandrake. It's time to read Between the Horns. The title of this number is Empathy from the Devil. Satanists are generally expected to be misanthropes, and with good reason. However, we are rarely given credit for being tolerant and understanding. Anton LaVey noted the cathartic candor with which some people communicated with him because he was a known Satanist. I find the same happens to me, even though I rarely tell anyone about my religion. These strangers and acquaintances sometimes even tell me they're not sure why they're being so open with me. Reverend Campbell recently reviewed the movie Horns, starring Daniel Radcliffe. I haven't read the original novel, but I did sit through the whole picture. Not great, but not bad. There's a theme of justice, which I appreciated. But even more interesting was how embarrassingly honest certain characters were when in the presence of a devil. 
It's funny because it's true. I think that people open up with Satanists because, though socially critical, we possess an advanced capacity for empathy. Don't mistake this for a good guy badge, though. It simply means that a Satanist is more likely to understand why people exhibit certain behaviors, whether laudable, dismissible, or despicable. The Satanist embraces honesty in its truest sense and on every level. Satanism recognizes human instincts for what they are, from our most savage lusts to our loftiest creativity. Unlike other religions, it provides a framework that reinforces productive urges while harnessing, rather than denying, destructive instincts. Operating beyond good and evil, the Satanist emphasizes the principles of indulgence and justice. Along with these values, the Satanist tends to be both inquisitive and imaginative, studying freely and creating prolifically. With this profoundly aware mindset, the Satanist sees with balanced understanding that which the herd usually evaluates with primitive prejudice. Lucifer might not always like what he sees, but he doesn't kid himself into thinking everything will be okay. Nor does he despair. Ever the pragmatic realist, Lucifer faces the situation with bold honesty so that he can maximize his own joyous autonomy within the given circumstances. A Satanist truly knows what it means to look out for number one. Perhaps this balanced, responsible selfishness is ultimately that to which people respond by, from time to time, confessing their uncensored thoughts and feelings to Satanists. I think it's safe to say that when someone meets a Satanist, that person usually doesn't know it. But looking into the eyes of a Satanist, the average person is as close as he will ever be to true self-acceptance. And self-acceptance is the first step toward evolution. I hope you enjoyed a wicked Walpurgis Noct. Spring is in full swing, thawing the inhibitions of the average Joe and Jane. It's a good time to lend them your left ear and indulge in some misanthropology make honest fools out of them. Until next time, this is Warlock M.A. Mandrake saying, Hail Satan. So Jesse, now that you've uh, had the time to digest what you went through last night, mm -hmm. oh, I guess for the entire weekend so far, what was the experience like for you? How was it? 50 years. It was overwhelming, I guess. <laughs> Um, everybody was very cool. There's not a single person I stopped and talked to that I you know, wanted to get away from. It was just everybody was really cool. What was the presentation like for you? Just that entire process of, of getting up in front of all these people that the majority you've just never met before. And is that, do you think that was a better thing that you didn't know them? I don't know if that would have mattered. Okay. Um, I just, I have a tough time doing public speaking, so. Yeah. I guess, I guess it was, it was probably better than most because there were a few moments where I got a bit of encouragement from different individuals, yeah. and I'm not, I've done public speaking before, and you know, normally people are just sitting there staring at you, and I don't usually get feedback when I do it, and this time I got feedback, and that was very nice and much appreciated. Nice. So what was the, uh, the highlight for you of this entire event? I mean, what are you going to think back most kindly on, I suppose? Well, there were a number of people that I was looking forward to meeting. Yeah. And, and nobody disappointed, but there was one lady, I won't say her name, she'll know who she was. Yeah. Um, it's not that I was looking forward to it, I didn't know she was coming. She had been posting on Letters to the Devil for years, and you know, I always read her posts, but it's not like we ever messaged each other or anything like that. And I met her, and we hit it off, and she turned out to be the, the coolest person I've met here. And nice. It just, she's been the gem. That's the, awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So do you think in the future you'd come back and do another one of these uh, gatherings? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. All right.
Jesse. What do you want? <laughs> well, first, Jesse, I'd, I'd, I'd like you to address me as master. I, I am your master, after all. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes, master. That's better. Now look, I've got guests coming over tonight, and I want you to entertain them. What do I look like, a belly dancer? I assume that was part. I mean, the outfit, it, it kind of suggests that you may be used to dance. Listen, the gin put me in the bottle. He forgot to add the preservatives. Now, the outfit may be wrinkle free, but what in it ain't. You don't like it? Call the number on the bottle and complain. I'm probably not the only Satanist who thinks everything is interesting. I mean, maybe not literally everything, but certainly I have more interests than time. And if I try to explore too many interests, I start feeling overwhelmed. When you get overwhelmed, sometimes working smarter, not harder, does the trick. Sometimes process improvements can be implemented that allow you to accomplish every task within the 24 hours available in a day. Sometimes, not always. Sometimes you simply have to say no. When you're overwhelmed with things you don't want to do, the idea of dropping tasks and focusing on what matters sounds like relief. But when you're overwhelmed doing things you want to do, then dropping tasks and focusing on less feels like failure. I have to imagine this feeling is especially acute to a Satanist. We know we have this one chance to experience all that is wondrous in the world. And yet we have crap we have to do in order to maintain our existence long enough to get all these indulgences in. To pass up on the indulgences, that's painful. But the fact is you can't do it all. You can't read every book you are interested in. You can't maintain every worthy friendship. There are places worth visiting that you will never see. You can throw these things on a bucket list if you want, but that's only going to serve as a reminder of the feeling of failure. Instead, you might want to examine your own core values and rate the importance of activities and interests accordingly. Have a goal and work towards that goal. That goal is your life goal, your raison d'etre, if you'll excuse my inability to pronounce anything French. If you don't have one, don't freak out about it. Most people don't have one. I'm not saying it's okay not to have one. I'm saying our culture doesn't promote the idea. Most people think God has a plan for them. Does your God have a plan for you? If not, don't beat yourself up over it. Just take a day and make one. Start by looking at the things you do today that you enjoy or feel obligated to do. Then really question why you do these things. So if you work out, you might first state that your purpose is to feel healthy. That answer isn't good enough. Keep asking yourself why until you start getting answers like, I'm embarrassed to take my clothes off in front of men so sex is always awkward. That's a real reason. When you've identified a purpose you wouldn't want anyone else to know, that's when you've dropped all pretenses and gotten to the heart of the issue. Do that for your job, your hobbies, the TV shows you watch, and anything else you do that takes, say, an hour or more per week on average. Those hours add up. Question why you are spending them the way that you're spending them. Once you start identifying your true purpose for a few of these activities, you'll probably find some commonality. Maybe you were exercising to look better naked and have better sex, and you were also bowling so you could have fun interactions with other people. Well, better sex is also having fun interactions with other people. So having fun with other people emerges as a core value in your life, which you might not have realized if you had allowed yourself to keep thinking you exercise to feel healthy and bowl because you enjoy that particular sport. We Satanists have this rule about not complaining about things we need not subject ourselves to. Understanding why you've put yourself in a situation will help clarify whether it's something you need to subject yourself to or not. So if your ultimate goal when exercising is to have fun with other people, but your method of exercising has been to move around to home workout videos and you hate doing that, now you can stop. Now you know, I don't need to subject myself to this anymore. Why? Because when you know your goals, then you can look at better ways to meet them. If you want to have fun with other people, jumping around in your living room with the blinds pulled down is counterproductive. Bowling may not be a great idea either, particularly if your league is full of grouchy people more interested in winning than playing. So start with your core values and then choose new activities. So now you have a goal that's based on the core values you identified, and you have activities that work towards that goal.
It's a great start, but that doesn't mean you won't still get overwhelmed. To avoid being overwhelmed, you still need to get into the habit of recognizing importance and urgency. What's important for you are the activities you've identified. The better something serves your ultimate life goal, the more important it is. So clearly, these are the things to spend time on. Urgency is what will trip you up. Sometimes something is both important and urgent, and it's good to jump on it right away. But sometimes something is just urgent and not important. We shouldn't jump, but we do, because it's urgent. Urgency makes us feel like it's better to act first and think later. Urgency will pull you in all sorts of unimportant directions. Build up a resistance to this by practicing stopping and thinking as often as you can. But uh, do this covertly. If someone else thinks something is urgent and you aren't jumping on it, they're going to get angry. So even if you're resisting the pull of the urgency, you might want to act as if you're just as swept up in it as the other guy. Now, if life were as simple as figuring out what's important, focusing on what's important, and resisting urgency, life would be easy. But other people complicate matters. You will not have a very successful life if you focus solely on your own goals and priorities. Your boss and or your customers matter. Your loved ones matter. They may or may not have goals or know what's really important in their own lives, but they will have urgencies, and they will make demands on your time. Ignore that, and you'll lose the job, or the customer, or the relationship. So what if what's overwhelming you is the other people's urgencies that you can't brush off? What if you literally cannot do everything being asked of you? Well, accept the fact that some of it won't get done, and that there will be hell to pay for it. If you stress yourself out thinking, I have to get all this done, knowing you can't, that's not going to help matters. So don't even try to do everything. Do your best to gauge what should be important for the person you will be disappointing, and do that. Maybe your efforts will be appreciated, maybe not, but it is the best you can do in that situation. The downside of having a passion for living is that it's easy to get overwhelmed. But being honest with yourself about what you value and making an effort to stay on track can help. I, it, it's been such a pleasure having you uh, on this show. I know we didn't really get a chance to get into a lot of uh, personal back and forth banter, but but I am so so insanely impressed with what you've done, who you are, and where I know you're going to end up, that I had to drag you <laughs> and keep bugging you onto the show because I do want people to understand that you are absolutely at the top of your game and you are a wonderful human being and I absolutely you. adore you. Thank you. You're I'm welcome. all warm and fuzzy now. <laughs> <laughs> and because we're not face to face, you're dry. You don't have me spitting all over your face. That, I don't mean to do it. It just happens. It uh, just no. comes out. <clears throat> it does. Especially when I get excited. No. <laughs> so for you listening, thank you so much for tuning in. If you couldn't make the conclave, I'm sorry. There's going to be future events, I'm sure. It was amazing. And you should know, uh, feel good within yourselves knowing that there are a number of worthwhile, powerful Satanists that are actually contributing to real world issues, not just standing behind a computer typing out angry letters at random people online or responding like you don't know shit bah! i mean there's actually people doing wonderful things out there um in the name of satan and i don't know about you but i feel a little bit uh warm and fuzzy myself about that that makes me feel kind of good when i know that there's there's agents out there working behind <laughs> the scenes and having met a number of them uh pretty fucking cool uh, all right so anyway thank you so much for tuning into another episode thank you for joining me wonderful contributors uh thank you so much for everything you do that's going to do it for another show and we do hope you enjoyed it and we would love to hear from you as many of you have and i'm still trying to get back to you all uh <laughs> if you want to contact us info at com. let us know what you think let us know what you liked what you didn't like if we said something wrong or if you just think we're douchebags I love hearing that other way. <laughs> I mean, really, I do. Um, maybe not the douchebag thing. And honestly, if you don't like what I do, don't kick me in the balls when we meet in person. I, I definitely do not want that to happen. <laughs> Please, Elizabeth, don't. Please. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's got to happen. <laughs> ah!
right. Well, you guys can visit us online, uh, so, social media like uh, SaneNet, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, MySpace. Uh, yeah, MySpace, like anyone's there. And uh, get updated on weekly topics or contests or general information or glimpses into life or whatever it is. You can download the show Mondays. That's actually as we're recording it today because I'm late. Uh, via the RSS feed found at 9centspodcast.com. We're also on LastFM, Stitcher, and YouTube. Leave us a rating and a comment. Check us out and subscribe on iTunes. And if you'd like to learn more about the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. I do not think that everyone listening to this podcast should identify as a Satanist or should be a member of the Church of Satan. But I do think that if you tune into this podcast, you will not be misinformed about what Satanism is. And I think that's a really important distinction. The Church of Satan's sole goal is to protect, define, and encourage Satanists and the idea of Satanism. That's really all it's there for. You can learn about it. You can read about Satanism online, churchofsatan.com. Do yourselves a favor. There's tons of really valuable content there. And remember that the only way we're going to continue doing this is via your interaction and your support. Help us help you. (laughs) You? (laughs) Not you in the corner. That You're a weirdo. But everyone else. Let's build this podcast together, people. And once again, thank you for joining me. As always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell, being joined by... Elizabeth. (laughs) so so beautiful beautiful Elizabeth and once again uh, until next week hail Satan hail Satan